We'll take our Bibles tonight, turn to Acts 13. Acts 13. I'm going to preach out of our theme a little bit here tonight. Um, Jesus saith unto them, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers, plural, laborers into his harvest. The need is so great for other people to be able to stand and testify like we just did, knowing for sure sins are forgiven, um, that uh, there needs to be more laborers going out into the field. And so I'm going to preach a little bit tonight on this. I'd intended just keeping our series, but I really believe this is where we're supposed to go. And uh, believe it or not, I've got an, a little bit of an abbreviated message here tonight. Now, whatever that means, but Acts 13 is where we are. And... Um, Looking at the first few verses here. So it says, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, which, are called, which is called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and uh, Manian, which had been brought up, notice this, brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. That'd be Herod Antipas. So, I mean, he, he was brought up in the same home. So, I mean, he had a high social standing but it's not your high social standing that makes you right with Christ. It's only Christ and trusting him. But he got saved. That's wonderful that this man got saved. And Saul, uh, that we now know as Paul. But uh, here we see in verse 2, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work. Everybody see that? For the work. Seeing people saved is work. It's work. Now, salvation is a free gift. You don't work for salvation, but to see people saved, it's work to see them saved for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost departed unto Seleucia and from thence they sailed to Cyprus, that'd be the island, about 60 miles off the coast. And when they were at Salamis, that'd be on the east side of that island, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had John, they had also John to their what? Minister. He was there to help. John, John Mark. He was there to help along with them. And when they had gone through the island, they went literally across the island, about 90 miles to Paphos. They found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus. Bar-Jesus literally means this, son of Jesus or son of a savior. But obviously he wasn't saved. He wasn't saved. Look at it. Um, verse 7, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Elimus, or Elimus rather, Elimus, the sorcerer for the same man as Bar-Jesus for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Isn't that a sight? Then Saul who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost. So, mind you of this, that when Elymas or Bar-Jesus withstood or resisted Paul, he was really resisting the Holy Spirit. 
because Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit and set his eyes on him and said, Oh, full of subtlety, of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil. So he's not a son of the Savior. He's a child of the devil. Thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. There's the grace of God right there, even just that it was for a season, not permanently. Um, and immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy... When he saw what was done, what does it say? Believe. Believed. Sergius Paulus, this Gentile ruler, he believed, being astonished, not just at the miracle that happened there, but at the doctrine of the Lord. He had to hear the gospel. He had to hear the word of God. And so tonight, um, I'm going to preach on this title since we're praying for laborers, laborers to be in the harvest and us involved as laborers in the harvest, I'm referring to the title of the message this way, Associates in the Gospel. Associates in the work of the gospel. Associates in the work of the gospel. What a privilege. Just want to cause us all to stop and think about it a little bit here tonight. What a privilege we all have to be able to serve in the headquarters of World Missions, the local church. Yeah, what a privilege. May God bless the reading of His Word as you're seated. We're going to consider this here together. I remember preaching this passage back at Welcome Heartland Sunday many years ago now. I think the year was 2012, 11 or 12, somewhere right in there. It was a while back. Brother Bill Austin was able to come back at that time. He was here a couple Sundays ago. It was a real blessing to see him. On Father's Day it was. Brother Mike, isn't that right? Father's Day. And Brother Rick's dad. Real blessing. Drill instructor. Drill sergeant, I guess, in the uh, Army. And he, he, on that Sunday, said, I'm looking forward to seeing those pews filled. Back when it was pews. Pews filled up in the balcony. Because he said, that's new recruits said only as a drill sergeant would say. New recruits. We cared about workers in the gospel. You know, um, as we came to Southwest Baptist Church many years ago before we were members here, um, you know, I remember coming and, and hearing the dynamic preaching, Brother, Brother Davison preaching and others, Brother Ted preaching and different ones preaching, hearing guest preachers preaching it being dynamic. But I tell you what really struck us as we got into the church is just the amount of full-time Christian workers there are here. And by that, I don't mean paid staff. I'm talking about, well, I'm talking about you. Just in your place every Sunday. I saw it this morning. I survived third through fifth grade. Jim, <laughs> I think I'm going to write a book. I survived. Yeah, third grade through fifth grade. Um, hey, my admiration for Brother Greg and all the workers out there just went sky high. Um, I, got, I was saved when I was eight years old. 
I'm thankful that people get saved when they're adults. I'm glad God can save some adults. I'm glad God saves any age, any age. We had a man saved this morning. I'm thankful. Josiah Lindsay was a friend, a man named James that got saved this morning. That's wonderful. And he's probably in his 20s, perhaps. I'm thankful that God does that. But, but a lot of people are saved when they're seven, eight, nine years old, maybe even younger, a lot of them. And so... Um, if you're working out in the gym or down in the basement or up in the youth department or in sixth grade or in the five-year-olds or in the nursery, whatever it may be, don't think that what you're doing is not as important as what's going on in here. Because I'm telling you, it is important. It is so very vitally important. We are associates in the ministry. Associates in the ministry. Got to tell the story of Joseph this morning and the kids listened for the most part. Workers moved to where they weren't listening. And, and, um, but it, it was such a joy to see a young lady. I don't know her name, but, but I had told about how that Joseph had these dreams and, and how that her bro his brothers would bow someday before him. And then when I got to that part, what a moving moment as Joseph's brothers did just that. They bowed before Joseph and she spoke up out loud and said, just like in the dream, it came true. It's like the light bulb was coming on. How exciting to get to share that, you know, with kids for the first time hearing those stories. Mercy. We are associates in the ministry, associates in the ministry. I just couldn't get away from Philippians chapter one and verse 27 from Wednesday night when Paul uh, wrote to the church in Philippi. Only let your conversation be as it become of the gospel of Christ, whether I come and see you or else be absent. I may hear of your affairs that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, striving together. We have the opportunity to strive together. Coach Dean Smith, who coached, you know, uh, University of North Carolina, said to a young man that was a, a great basketball player, he said this to him. He said, if you can't pass, you can't play. If you can't pass, you can't play. He said that to none other than Michael Jordan. Now, Michael Jordan could play. Amen. He could play. But what would Michael Jordan be without all the other teammates around him? You say, he'd still be great. Well, true. But you got to have a team around you. It's not just one person. It wasn't just the master one up here a moment ago. It's a master of four. You see, and I realize we have solos and things of that nature, but I think you get what I'm saying. Um, like Benjamin Franklin said, he said, if, if we don't hang together, we should all hang separately. So we must hang together <laughs> and teamwork. And Paul understood that. He understood the associates that he had. And it's always been the plan of God to have many people involved in his work. He said through Jeremiah, I give you pastors, people that will help to take care of the flock. And you think about how that Paul said, we are fellow laborers. We're co-laborers in this. We are fellow servants. And, and there are people that he mentioned, you know, even by name and, and, and how that we're supposed to view ourselves. And the Bible says that he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. So who's supposed to do the work of the ministry? Us, the saints, the people of God, faithfully in their place. I watched it this morning. I saw people um, coming in off the buses, helping kids find their way. I saw greeters. I saw security. The Jim Osfelt was on security here in the South. I knew all was well down South and People there and then people in the nursery and, 
And uh, then I watched as the choir was in their place and, and then personal workers in their place. Church, um, it takes all of us involved in the gospel work. It takes all of us. And the Holy Spirit of God gives people's, people gifts. And I mean, you think about, you know, Romans 16. What a chapter, a bunch of names, really. Phoebe and Aquila and Priscilla and Marion and uh, Adronicus and Junia and then Trophina and Trophosa. If you're having twin girls, that'd be a great <laughs> dynamic duo name. Trophina and Trophosa. You know, I mean, we, if we had twin girls, it'd be Tyler, Trevor, Trenton, and Trophina and Trophosa, don't you know? And so anyway, <laughs> who's Trophina and Trophosa? I don't, I don't know. There's not much said about them, but they were dear to Paul's heart. They were associates. But Smith, I listened, I told him this morning, I listened to the message, the Holy Spirit and his role in world missions. Brother, Brother Smith has been preaching every day, sending out videos all over the world uh, for people to watch. And, and many of his seminars, putting those together. And, and he did some on the home here just recently, really enjoyed those and did some on the Holy Spirit's role. And, and I listened to the one on the Holy Spirit's role in world missions and he referred to it. Brother Smith referred to it, the, the local church as the headquarters for world missions. You know, every local church that is his church is the headquarters of world missions. Brother Brian Sexnire is here tonight. Brother Brian, Miss Deidre and the family, sure glad to have them here up in Bartlesville. And the church up there in Bartlesville is the headquarters for world missions in Bartlesville. We're the headquarters for world missions right here at 54th and Blackwelder. And down the road is Cornerstone Baptist Church and more. And Brother Eric Johnson, my twin, <laughs> in many ways, if you know him, I and mean, we look a lot alike. Anyways, I'm off track now. But, but uh, anyways, that's the headquarters there. I mean, the local church is the headquarters of world missions. And we get to be associates in this headquarters. Associates. The word associate... Um, I mean, you, th you think about, you've got all these traveling companions of Paul, Barnabas and Luke and Timothy and Aristarchus and Silvanus and on and on. I mean, so many that labored with Paul. They were associates. They were assistants. They were fellow laborers. Uh, the word associate, also verb, associate, to join as a companion, a partner, a colleague or an ally. A noun, a person who shares actively in anything with as business, enterprise, an undertaking, a fellow worker. And when we read Acts chapter 13, what we're reading about are, is people who are working together in that local church in world missions. And, and you see from that local church, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work whereunto I have called them. And so out of that, that ordinary work of the local church came the extraordinary work of world evangelism. As Paul uh, began to travel along with Barnabas and others, but, but they had to be sent forth from that church. Um, I remember a message Brother Sam preaching and so good on this passage. And he said this, the first order of business of the church is what? To assemble. The first order of business of the church is to assemble, to assemble. And, and I, I realize that's basic, folks, but, but let us not take for granted that tonight we are able to assemble like we're able to assemble. It is so important for us to assemble. I was encouraged as we went around and just heard people saying, I got saved on this date and on that date and, and, and people giving testimony. I'm encouraged out there in the foyer and here in the, in the church because you can't, you can't interact with one another if you don't assemble. 
And I realize we still have some watching by live stream and we so much want for them to be able to be here. Some that obviously have long-term needs and they're not going to be able to be here. But, but all of us that are able-bodied, hey, listen, we need to be here. The first order of business for the church is to assemble. I think two of the most challenging times recently that our church has been through has been the remodel when we were disassembled, right? Is that a good way to say it? As some of us are in the gym and some in, I mean, was, we were into live stream before live stream was cool, right? And, uh, and so we were kind of disassembled there. And then, you know, with, with COVID and all that took place there, that was, a, that was a challenging time. Why? Because God made us to assemble. And so let's assemble. Just, uh, just be faithfully in your place. And that's, that's uh, not just a, a way to be a spectator, no, but to participate in ministry, to assemble. And they were diverse. I mean, you got Barnabas from Cyprus, actually, and Simeon from probably North Africa and Lucius from North Africa. And, and we've already covered about uh, Manian and, and how that he grew up with Antipas. And so, I mean, you got a unique group of people. I'm looking tonight at a unique group right here at Southwest Baptist Church. And we are associates in the gospel ministry. Associates in the gospel ministry. Well, what, what did they do as a church? Well, they fasted and prayed. And uh, church, I, I believe that we, we need to practice the same, don't you? To pray, to set aside some times where we're just seeking God's face about what God's uh, desire and God's will is. And, and I believe they were specifically praying about the movement of the gospel. I believe they were praying about that because you see the answer came in the form of Barnabas and Saul being separated for the work of the gospel. So I believe they were praying, God, would you please help the gospel to move forward? And God, would you please help the souls to be saved and help us to get the gospel out? And so then the Holy Spirit of God uh, called forth those two to serve him and they sent them out. They laid their hands on them and almost like a commissioning service, like we're soon going to do for the Landys as they go out and soon to do for the Trimbles as they go out because there's people in the Philippines, there's people in Sri Lanka that need to hear the gospel. But we are associates. We, are, we associate with one another. We're in this together. See, while they're ministering there, we're ministering here. And we get to work together in the spread of the gospel. And as they did, obviously they faced opposition. Uh, Bar-Jesus or Elymas, uh, he was a sorcerer. He was involved in magic. He was involved in um, the interpretation, no doubt, of dreams. And, and so you say, well, what in the world was he doing with this man, Sergius Paulus, he, him being a Jew and Sergius Paulus being a Gentile? In many ways, it was much like it was with Nebuchadnezzar and all of his astrologers that were around him. And so what Bar-Jesus did is he found this as a lucrative business because the Roman leaders, they often needed somebody that could, that could tell the future or what was going to happen or, or at least sell the bill like he could tell the future. And so Bar-Jesus was making some money on Sergius Paulus. Well, Paul and Barnabas and John Mark made their way and Sergius Paulus wanted to hear the gospel. He wanted to hear what Paul had to say and he called for them. But Elimus, Elimus, I'm sorry, Elimus, he saw his money leaving. And so he opposed Paul and the gospel. We need to realize this. Every time we make progress with the gospel, there's always going to be opposition. I believe the enemy is opposing kids out in the gym being saved and in the basement, in the youth department, 
And I'm thankful for everywhere the gospel is preached. I, I believe Satan's working against us to see people saved. And that's why we've got to stand together and work together as a church and, and serve and be faithful in our place and fast and pray. Hey, listen, we don't, we don't need some new methodology to see people say, we just need to get back to what they were doing as the early church as they were gathering together, preaching and teaching was going on. They fasted and prayed and they listened to what the Holy Spirit of God said. And, and the Spirit of God was, and the Word of God was greater than the enemy and, and the opposition that they faced. And so Paul said to Elymas, he said that, well, I mean, you read it, oh, thou of subtlety. And I mean, he called him out and, and Paul being full of the Holy Ghost. I mean, can you imagine that scene as he sets his eyes on him? I mean, it was like a showdown. And uh, it wasn't Paul's power, it was the power of the Holy Spirit that moved in. And obviously the, the church had nothing to do with magic. The church had nothing to do with superstition. The church had everything to do with the power of the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and as, the, as the church and as churches like the church in Antioch, as they saw each other as associates in the work of the gospel, the gospel went forward because of the power of the Spirit. The power of the Spirit. Now, I just want to take a moment here tonight and, um, and, just, and just thank the Lord here for just a few moments, okay? Because our, our mission is, is still the same. And I want to thank God tonight for the pastoral staff of Southwest Baptist Church. They are associates in the gospel. They work hard every week. And I appreciate these men. And um, are they perfect men? No, they don't have a perfect pastor. And they're not perfect men. But they work hard. And I appreciate them. And I know that you appreciate them as well. They are associates. They are assistants. Um, they're pastoral staff. And, um, you know, I, I know that God gives leadership. And as a under shepherd that I have responsibility of leadership right there. But I, I honestly could not do it without the men that are serving faithfully week by week. And so I'm just thankful to God for each of those men. And uh, as we get to work together in the work of the gospel, it's, it's a real privilege. I am thankful for their friendship and thankful that they preach the word and they love the Lord and they love this church. And I'm grateful to God for each of them. And we're going to recognize one of them here tonight. In just a few moments, I'm really thankful for that opportunity. Associates. Associates in the gospel. I want to thank God tonight for the secretaries. Um, I tell people when we have the new members reception, as we look at the, um, the picture we have, the mug shots of all the staff, including me, and not mug shots, but... Um, then we come to the page of all the secretaries, and I say... Here's the ones who really do the work. They do a lot of work. They really do. And so I'm thankful for the secretaries. I'm thankful for uh, those that help take care of the building here. For Brother Troy and all those that help Brother Troy. And Brother Darren and all those that help Brother Darren. Brother Kevin and all those that help Brother Kevin. Uh, there's a lot of work that goes on. I'm thankful tonight. They are associates in the work of the gospel. I want to thank God tonight. I don't think the barns, I think they're out of town, but I want to thank God tonight for Miss Melanie and her work to coordinate the nursery. 
Can you imagine what this service would be like tonight? With about 80 to 100 babies. It would be a lively service. <laughs> I want to thank God tonight. I want to thank God tonight for all those that are ministry leaders uh, working in different areas here, serving um, hospitality, greeting, nursery, junior church, Sunday school, Sunday school department, Sunday school department leaders, Sunday school teachers, Sunday school workers, bus ministry, bus captains, bus workers. Uh, my soul, the, in fact, I brought up here with me the take and aim card. In case you're looking for a way to get involved, there's a way to get involved. But, but th these are the big categories, bus ministry, children's ministry, church service, building security, parking lot security, live stream. Thank God for all of you men that work live stream, hospitality, music ministry, um, nursery, retirement center, Sunday school, visitation, special needs, so many areas. Just the people of God in their place. We are associates together. We are associates. We are associates. One of my uh, favorite illustrations of that is a pastor that it, the letterhead read this way. Ministers, the church members. Assistant to the ministers, the pastor. I'm your assistant. How's that? I'm your assistant. I'm, I'm here to assist you to serve. That doesn't mean that the pastor doesn't do work. A pastor ought to work at least two days a week. <laughs> no. Pastor ought to work. But I, my heart and desire is to assist you to work and to serve the Lord because we are fellow laborers. There's got to be order. There's got to be structure. You know, sometimes you come across the idea of a plurality of elders, like there's not really one pastor, but there's all these pastors. Well, I like what Jeff Abel said. Anything with two heads is a monster. There's got to be headship. There's got to be leadership. But that didn't take away from anybody's role in what they do. There's just, we serve a God of order. But we all work together. I want to thank God tonight for each of you. And uh, as members of this church, that you're faithfully in your place serving. And I, I don't look at Southwest Baptist Church. I tell the new members this. I've used this illustration here, but it really helps me to think this way. This is not, this is like, like a gondola in, the, in, in Venice, Italy, where there's one person doing all the work with a big you know, stick and moving the boat down the, down the canal. No, this is more like a rowing team. Everybody has the oar, and we're rowing together. And you got to have a coxswain, a coxswain that calls cadence and saying, row, row, <laughs> row, right? I'll never forget the staff. We took our pastoral retreat right downtown in Oklahoma City one time, and we got in what they call a dragon boat, and we were all dragging. I know why they call it a dragon boat now, but we were all trying to find our place, you know, and we were rowing, and, and uh, boy, we were off. <laughs> but it start, we started listening to the coxswain, and he's calling cadence. And man, we got that thing going, that boat going down the river. Now, I'm not here to tell you we broke any records, unless there's one for slow. <laughs> but, uh, but we got it moving pretty good. It was neat. You know why? Because everybody was in their place. Everybody had an oar. And everybody was doing their part. 
I believe we'll continue to see souls saved and lives changed as everybody does their part because we are associates in the work of the gospel. Let's stand together here tonight. Associates in the work of the gospel. Well, I certainly wouldn't want to miss the opportunity to exhort you to take your place, to be in place, not just to attend services, but to find the way that God wants you to serve. Dear God, tonight my heart's filled with a gratitude just about the work of the gospel right here at Southwest Baptist Church. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would so move upon us, dear God, that we'd continue to see workers called forth, those that would be teachers. Lord, this morning I saw some that had been teaching and laboring out in the gym for many, many years. Lord, I thank you for each of them and others like them. And God, it is a distinct privilege to work together in the work of the gospel. And I just pray that you'd help us, Lord, with great unity, with great heart, under your authority, to work together to see people saved and baptized, added to the church and discipled. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name.